Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. Innovation comes in so many forms in so many different ways. We believe this entire Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is covered with people innovating. We designed this podcast to highlight the innovative things those business leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, problem solvers, the real innovators are doing day in, day out. As always, this show is brought to you by my company, Louderco. We find companies' profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. Like when we helped a massive Fortune 500 company build out their AI strategy to create breakthrough new food and beverage categories. Or when we redesigned the operations of a $100 million services company to add $10 million in net profit to their bottom line. To learn more about us, head to our website, louderco.com. Be sure to download free guides and presentations like our Intro to Artificial Intelligence presentation, or see if your company's even ready for AI through our AI readiness assessment tool. We're about to get the show started. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot to us if you subscribed and left us a review. And now, enjoy our guests and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Dallas Space Innovator Show. I'm your host, Andrew Louder. I'm incredibly excited about our conversation here today. Um, joining me is Dr. Harvey Castro. He's a really unique individual in the sense that he's an MD with a business mindset. He started and sold a freestanding emergency room business. We'll dive into that here on the show. He also, he's lived a, an interesting life that I think most people only really see in movies of, of great heroic journeys. Born to a teenage mother who immigrated to the U.S. with no money, no education. His path through entrepreneurship and onto medical school taught him the determination to find resources and really do whatever it takes. Has a really strong visionary approach to life and leadership, which has influenced countless people around the world. With his wisdom, heart, and humanitarian attitude of contribution, Dr. Castro's legacy is only just beginning. He's also the author of a fresh book called Success Reinvention, which will take you behind the scenes of one of the foremost thought leaders of our time, written in Spanish, Portuguese uh, as well, on Kindle, Amazon Audible. We'll talk through that here on the show. Um, as an innovative entrepreneur, brilliant medical doctor, visionary leader, Dr. Castro's recipe for success will allow you to break through even the most difficult obstacles and setbacks in your life. So Dr. Harvey Castro, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I know we've been trying to get this going for some time. I'm glad we're able to do this. Yeah. Thanks for your time. And I know you've been a busy man as well. So thank you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Both of us combined, right? Uh, so Harvey, Typically, I like to launch into the show by giving the guests a chance to introduce themselves, give us their own kind of one to two minute bio. So I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Well, my name is Dr. Harvey Castro. I feel like I have a unique story in that, that it's a rags to success story. I come from a really, really humble beginning in New York City uh, to a teenage mom that gave me the tools to succeed today. And so throughout my life, I've always uh, rose to the occasion, always uh, worked hard to get to where I'm at. And I always tell my mom the best thing she did was to brainwash me, to tell me that I could be the president of the United States or I could be whatever I wanted to. Because um, looking back, uh, I'm glad she did because throughout my life, I've 
than kind of uh, things outside the norm. For example, uh, yeah. when I was in uh, undergrad, I couldn't get into undergrad, um, number one, and B, I couldn't afford it, so I joined the U.S. Army. Later, uh, I couldn't afford books uh, in med school, and so I became a speaker at the, med uh, at the medical school bookstore and throughout uh, the United States, different bookstores, and I was actually a speaker. And, and in exchange, I got free books. And then I called all the bookstores, wow. all the book companies in the United States, and they were literally giving me free books as long as I would review them. And then mm -hmm. I started doing little cliff notes for medical students, to, and I would sell it to them. And that was another form of income. And then in residency, uh, I decided, you know, I have a strong background in alternative health. And I created my own vitamin company, my own heart uh, formula with a cardiologist, and we launched it, and it was selling throughout the United States. And so later, uh, not to labor everything into too much, but uh, I loved when the first iPhone came out, and being a physician, I said, you know, if I can create iPhone apps, what an amazing accomplishment. So I had a patient that was dying, and I noticed that the nurse brought this big book out and said, hey, um, give me a minute to go through this book and find what we need to give this patient. And I thought, oh my gosh, we, we, we got to do this medicine fast. So I literally came up with a quick way of pulling up doses of medicine, patients that were crashing at certain medicines. And within seconds, you would be able to know what dose and how much to give. And so throughout my life, that's kind of what I've been doing, <laughs> just doing crazy stuff like that. But it's been fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And I also like to highlight how I met the guests that come on the show. And I also think it's somewhat unique, right? You were my son Luke's soccer coach for a season there. Yeah. Um, so I'm blessed uh, to have recently gotten remarried. Um, my fiance at the time, uh, we had a, a, a son. I call him my son now. And um, long story short, uh, he loves soccer. And I said, you know, let me be the coach for your soccer team and let me kind of help you. And it was such a great experience to be with small kids and helping them through soccer and being patient and just kind of go up the ranks. And it was a pleasure meeting you and then meeting your son and meeting everybody on the team. It, it just gave me this extra, you know, amazing yeah. feeling to kind of serve the community still in a different yeah. capacity. I thought we had a great team and then uh, we played in a tournament. And I'll never forget, there was one team that was just, I mean, they were dribbling the ball through their legs and across, they were passing it nine times before then, just like gently kicking it into the goal. And I've never seen our ki our kids more tired in their lives from chasing after all of that. Pretty yeah. unreal to watch. That was fun. It's fun. It, it's, it's awesome memories, and I'm glad um, you and I were able to spend that time with our kids because I know, trust yeah, me, my, I have older kids and they, they cherish and remember those times when they were little and that I was there with them. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Harvey, earlier you mentioned um, being born and living in New York. What ultimately brought you here to Dallas? You know, actually, I thank the U.S. Army for that. Um, the Army, luckily for me, put me in San Antonio. Um, actually, a dental assistant uh, through the Army. And when I moved to Texas, oh my gosh, I literally fell in love with Texas. Uh, from the people, the culture, the climate, I always joke with my wife and say, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic, so my genetics is for warm weather. It's not to be in New York, so oh, I'm yeah. glad I'm here in the South. <laughs> so she always chuckles. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. A lot of folks don't realize, but I, I'm Hispanic as well. And uh, yeah, can't do the cold. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, so you made it to Dallas. Um, you, know, you you were in the you were uh, in the army army correct? Yeah. Okay, made it to Dallas. Um, you mentioned kind of the the tough you know childhood and a lot of the obstacles that you had to overcome. Like, take us through that. You know, you're you're a young kid. Um, you mentioned that your teenage mother, some of those obstacles. I mean, talk us through what were some of those obstacles and what really helped you power through those. Yeah, good question. You know, from a humble beginning, meaning, you know, I remember being on food stamps and going to the grocery store and having this funny looking money and being like, what is this? Because it doesn't look like regular money. And I remember being on these long government lines to get, uh, you know, milk and cheese. And, and I remember just looking back and saying, man, uh, my uncle's bringing us food. People are bringing us food. I'm like, you know, I didn't realize we just didn't have money. I just like, what's kind of going on? And so as I kept growing up, I thought, I don't want to be in this kind of life. I, I know my mom's doing her best, but I'll never forget. Um, I was like, uh, I want to say it's like third, fourth grade and we're doing math. And she looked at me, she's like, Harvey, you, you're kind of passing me up here. There's no, I can't teach you anymore as far as school is concerned. I can tell you about life and I can give you tools, but I can't help you with this math equation. And so then at that point, it really dawned on me that I really need to start looking at life differently. I really need to work hard. And in a way, it's a blessing in disguise because I really believe it gave me the grit to work hard. Um, multiple entrepreneurs always say, you know, I'm working days, nights, but it gave me what's called a strong why. It gave me the why of yes. why am I doing this? And throughout life, it keeps pushing me. I, I can say at the height of my career, uh, I had 350 employees running multiple companies, and I decided to go back to school to get my MBA. And looking back, I thought, how many other people in that same situation would add more to their plate? But I think it's my strong why that I don't yeah. want to go back to where I was <laughs> that pushes me to keep pushing myself. Yeah. Now, that's huge. And you mentioned the word grit as as you were talking about that story in fourth grade, you know, it really triggered something for me. Do you think that you're born with that kind of grit, with that kind of attitude, or do you feel like it was something that just developed in you? That's a hard question. The doctor, <laughs> in, me, the doctor in me sees life in two sides. I truly believe there's a genetic side of you, and then yeah. there's an environmental side of you. Yeah. I think my environment was such that it gave me more grit, but then the genetic side of me, I look at my grandfather, I look at my mother, I look at my great grandfather, and they've all wanted to, they've all worked into their mid 80s, worked, not retired, kept working. Yeah, yeah. And so is that environmental or is that somehow genetic induced into me that I'm just like wired a certain way? And so I think the answer is both. I think because yeah. of my environment um, has caused me to do certain things. Because I now look at my children. And I try to teach them that same grit, but they don't have the same environment that I did. And so I feel like their outcome is different and I have to work with them differently. It's just quite interesting. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, just different motivators, right? Between mm -hmm. your upbringing and the, the life you've, you've built for your kids as well. Um, it's a, certainly a struggle a lot of parents face. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'd love to dig into your journey of launching this string of freestanding emergency rooms. I think for starters, just explain to the audience what those are. Perhaps they're not yeah. really aware, but like, what did you see out there that maybe was a void and how'd you get these going? Good question. So freestanding ERs are exactly that. Imagine going into the hospital, cutting out the emergency room, and then dropping it out in some part of suburban America, because that's literally what it is. Instead of having to commute to the big hospital, 90% uh, of the things you need are in an ER. 90% of the things as far as ailments and everything that needs to be done can be done in the emergency room. The other 10% may require you to be admitted, may require you to stay longer, but a lot of it could be handled within 20 hours of you being in the ER. So a lot of times you can make that turn within the ER and may not need to be admitted, but followed up to a primary care or specialist. And so in life, the way I see it, it's all about risk versus rewards. Um, early in my career, I was working at Parkland Hospital here in Dallas and I was working at different hospitals and there was a thing called freestanding and it was new at the time and i remember saying you know i'm going to open my first freestanding i joined the company and i opened it in the colony texas and long story short i remember my colleagues looking at me saying harvey you're making a big mistake once you go into that you're never going to be able to come back to the hospital or you may not be able to get employed you better mm -hmm. keep up your skills and so at the time i thought you know i i, I really value spending time with patients. I really enjoy having that time. And so what the freestanding market did for me is gave me time with patients. I was able to spend an hour with the patient. Whereas in the regular ER, I remember one night seeing 90, it's like 91 patients in 12 hours thinking, this is not medicine. This is more like malpractice. And I remember calling for help and, and the hospital saying, sorry, you're it. And I thought, this is not the life I want. This is not what I signed up to be a doctor. I, I was not going to be just what they call move to meet. I was going to be be there for the patient. So basically, I, I left the hospital system for the freestanding market. And then to answer your follow-up question, yeah. the opportunity to me, I thought, wow, if I could be part of the freestanding market, why not you know, be in it? Um, so I enjoyed it. I was the medical director. I was helping uh, grow them. I was uh, opening several of these ERs for other operators. And then uh, luckily uh, for me, these emergency rooms were going bankrupt. And so I was able to get investors to purchase these ERs. And the ERs uh, were obviously all the TI uh, was built out or so all the technical aspects of the building all that expensive legwork was done. And unfortunately, these doctors mismanaged. And so I saw the business opportunity to come in and purchase them all for sometimes pennies on the dollar and then wow. turn, turn them around and, and then basically uh, fix them. And then um, some of the investors uh, asked for it and they basically got it back. So it was a great exit for me. That's great. So you were practicing medicine while also uh, scratching that entrepreneurial itch at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you balance all of that out? I can't even imagine what that's like. I mean, once yeah. by themselves alone, both are incredibly challenging. Now here you are trying to do both. What was life like back then for you? 
you know, as much as I preach balance, sometimes it's the imbalance that helped me get balanced today. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> basically, I will never forget. Uh, I would work uh, in Longview, Texas, Tyler, Texas. I would pull 24-hour shifts. Uh, and literally, I remember finishing my shift, driving back to Dallas, and then just putting on my business suit and doing, starting a brand, starting a billing company, starting a physician company, um, and also do the marketing for the company, kind of the one-man show. And looking back, I'm like, how in the world did I do all that? Because <laughs> I remember putting in a full day's work after already doing 24 hours and the drive and then coming home like at eight and just crashing and then doing it again the following day. Um, so it was just crazy. Um, but, but, but at the end of the day, it, I feel like most entrepreneurs, you have to do something along those lines to just kind of get the company going. And then once it gets going, we were able to hire help and get a medical director, regional director and more. And so it was, it was a perfect storm for me. That's great. And so you also kind of stepped into a little bit the um, the actual exit process. Uh, take us back to when kind of the the thought entered your mind. Hey, now's the time to exit. What 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 was that like for you? What was that process like? Kind of going through that. Yeah, good question. I feel like in in every single thing you do in life, everything has a business cycle. Everything has its ups and downs, and also for the individual, they have its life cycle. For me, I personally was looking to uh, get out of the scene in the sense that I, I didn't want to be managing 350 employees. I didn't want to look at the uh, accounts receivables and what insurance companies were paying and the stresses of you know making sure that insurances were paying and in my opinion, it just felt like the right time to get out. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, I was already running out of gas and I'd rather someone else take on that torch and continue. And for me, I figured I already had learned so much that my time spent was probably better in the consulting world, probably better with other startups and kind of teach them from my mistakes and success. And yeah. so I yeah. wanted to transition. The other part of it is like every business, you never want to sell at the top. You always want to sell towards the middle to two thirds, somewhere in there. So that way, by the time it's sold, um, you can move forward instead of worrying the opposite. Yeah, good point. And so you, you sold the business, you moved into wanting to help others, which I think could be a good transition into talking about your book. Um, Success yeah. Reinvention. Talk to us about that. What What sparked the your, your desire to write this and tell us about the book. Honestly, the book for me uh, at the beginning, I wrote it for other people like me. I knew that half of America, unfortunately, come from divorced parents. I knew that there's a lot of single parents out there trying to raise their child. And to me, I thought, you know, my uneducated mom at the time gave me the tools to be successful. It'd be dumb of me to not share this with others. I said, let me share my life, my story, because I figured if I can motivate a kid or a single parent, then my book was successful. And so literally the book is basically going through the journey of my life, but it's really more teachings of tools that made me successful. And, and at the end of this, it was never ever meant to be anything where I would make money from it. It literally was all more of a charity. 
to the point where uh, now I'm literally looking at different um, minority foundations or even uh, divorced parents foundations that can use this book. And I also created a digital course so that they can help promote the teachings of it so that those people can be more successful. And I say more successful because I feel like all of us are successful. We just need a mentor to kind of help us along the way. And I figured this would be the most inexpensive way to kind of help others. And so literally I'm in the mix of talking to two organizations to see if they want to take on this challenge. And then after that, I'm going to look for investors to see if they want to pay for the materials. Cause I, again, I'm not looking for money for myself, but it's more just for the, the cost of the books and materials so that they can be able to be used. So it's kind of a cool concept and I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah. And so where can somebody find the book? The book is uh, on, on Amazon and it's called Success, Re Success Reinvention or type in Harvey Castro. Um, and it's actually in English, Spanish, Portuguese. It's also on the Kindle and it's also on Audible. Um, and then I took it, if you go to my website, my personal website, it's Harvey Castro MD as in medical doctor dot info. Uh, there's the digital course on there as well. Um, and then I actually made another course for high school students because I have uh, multiple kids that I've put through uh, undergrad. I mean, um, high school now that they're in undergrad that I'm like, yeah. this is the things I kind of wish they had learned along the way. So I put it yeah. on a digital course. That's great. And so end to end, how long was that journey? How long did it take you? To yeah, I say about eight years. Launch? Yeah. Because wow. uh, I started and I wrote like the first two chapters and then life in the middle of writing iPhone apps and starting businesses and being a doctor and a parent and father and husband, I was like, okay, this needs to take a pause. But then, um, then it just hit me one year. I was like, you know what? I, I need to stop procrastinating. I'm going to just focus on this. And I did, and I'm glad I did because now it's out there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I, I, I'll bet it's not uh, by coincidence that it's also in Spanish and Portuguese, right? Yeah. Is that my something you just wanted to was, get into more hands? Yeah. Yeah. My vision was uh, North and South America. And so I figured Brazil, um, I, my, my boys, I've been blessed. They played in Santos soccer and they got to be in the stadium when Neymar went professional and they have great connections oh. there, but um, I've enjoyed going to Brazil often. So I figured, you know what, this would be another language that it needs to be in. That's awesome. So, okay. What's next for you? I mean, there's, there's, I can't imagine you're just sitting still these days <laughs> promoting the book. What, what else are you up to? What's next for you? Yeah, no, good question. I am loving still entrepreneurship. So the next step for me now is I'm heavily invested in working with different startups in healthcare. Um, my goal right now, what I'm doing for them is sitting either on their board or part of their startup committee looking at their business plan and, and different businesses are in different phases of their business. Some are just starting, some are just concepts, some are what's called in seed round or series one. And so now my job is just to kind of help them be more successful uh, in coaching either the founder or the company or, or giving talks to them. And so literally that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it sounds like fun. A lot of coaching, mentoring, investing, helping yes. kind of sharing your knowledge with others, right? right? Yeah. And I'm specifically focusing even further into digital health 
I'm looking at ways that different uh, companies are disrupting healthcare in a good way and creating uh, value added to the patient and decreasing healthcare costs. So I'm looking specifically at those companies to see how I can help them further their mission. And so it's really exciting to be in this part. So I'm doing a lot of extra reading on what's the latest technology, what's coming out. Uh, yeah. The latest I read that just blew my mind away was uh, there's this technology coming out of Australia that basically uh, it's using a camera and the camera will tell you what your blood pressure is. And it just blew me away. Oh man. Wow. If you could do that with just a camera, imagine adding that technology to lie detectors, airports for security. I mean, just so many applications. So I, I'm just blown away with what's Amazing. coming. Yeah. I'd love to find out what, what are the data points they're collecting to make that determination. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. That's cool. Well, good. Well, well, Harvey, let's move into our lightning round. Well, I'll ask you a few questions. Some of them you can probably answer quickly. Others we might just need to dive into, but kind of hitting more of the personal side of things here. And this first one, uh, I'm sure it's uh, likely baked into your book already, but what do you wish you had known when you started on your career journey on this path that you've been? If you could go back and tell your younger self something, what do you think that would be? Yeah, I wish I had ironically learn more about business um the crazy part of me was believe it or not when uh, i went into undergrad i wanted to be a doctor a lawyer and get an mba and looking back i wish i had just focused on getting my mba and business because in undergrad i got a political science degree and a biomedical science degree and i wish it had been a business degree i think it would have helped me because uh, i made a lot of mistakes early on just from not knowing and so i wish i had gotten that degree yeah well, I think even that, that triggered a memory for me a while back. You had mentioned maybe one day getting that that, uh, that law degree, right? Getting a trifecta. Yeah. You know, I, I know my wife will kill me, um, but I still, I, I kind of tell her that, hey, when maybe when I'm 65 or after I run for Congress, I, I'd like to go to law school. And <laughs> there you go. Go there. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, but I, cool. I know me. Uh, I can see myself still running for Congress and going to law school later. So. Yeah. Well, earlier, and obviously a big part of your success has been the influence of your mother. But who or who or what influenced you in addition to her? I think at the end of the day, she is the biggest influence in my life because because of her, it really pushed me to think outside the box. It really just kind of gave me that grit that we talked earlier about to just continue to reinvent myself, to just always kind of keep pushing. And I think that one influence had a lifelong, uh, you know, with me. Let me share a quick story. Yeah. Uh, when I was an undergrad, she unfortunately was diagnosed with two different types of cancers. Um, basically mm -hmm. kind of cut me off, told me don't come to the house. And I didn't know why. And later to come to find out is because she had cancer. And just that story of not of losing my my idol, my hero, really pushed me even harder because I, I didn't want her to pass away and not see me graduate from undergrad, not see me graduate from med school. And luckily yeah. for me, she's still alive and she's in cancer remission and she was able to see me walk through that stage and walk through med school. And every single time I've ever gotten any kind of diploma, as soon as I've walked through the stage, I literally have handed her all my diploma. <laughs> That's I don't awesome. have it. Yeah. 
I bet she's pretty proud of you, Harvey. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm, I'm proud of her as yeah. well. That's awesome. And for our next question, you hit on this a bit, but I, I, from what I've known about you, you're just a constant learner. What are you learning about right now? Yeah, I think uh, any true physician is going to always be a lifelong uh, learner. And I think that's what gives us a little bit of an edge in that we're just wanting to learn and always morph ourselves. Right now, I'm really trying to study my best into learning more about venture capitalism as far as just how money is obtained, the different series, because no matter what business is involved, every business needs cash flow to increase what they're doing. And so I'm increasing my knowledge of, you know, the different laws and rules and how money is acquired as far as for startup companies and different ways of raising cash. So I'm, I'm making that a, a main point for me to continue to learn. On top of that, I'm trying to learn all the latest technologies and what things are coming out and what things can be applicable in other applications in the future. And so I'm also trying to use the innovative side of me, combining with all the new stuff that's coming out. Yeah, that's awesome. What would you say is your coffee of choice? I love going to Starbucks and I like getting a skinny uh, caramel macchiato. Um, yeah. Those are really good. <laughs> and then in the summer, I make sure they're ice, and in the winter, I make sure they're warm. <laughs> nice. That. I know some doctors that just won't drink coffee because maybe it alters their performance. Is that Was that the case for you? You know, that's a funny thing. You know, my, my heritage is Colombian. So ever since I was a little oh, okay. kid, I remember coming from Colombia, bringing fresh coffee, or there's always coffee at, at my house, always. Yeah. Grandparents, my moms. And so ironically, I hated coffee growing up, and I didn't like coffee, and to the point where I probably didn't start drinking coffee until my mid-30s, um, just because at that point, I'm like, man, this stuff works. <laughs> it helps me get through yeah. the day. Need the performance <laughs> enhancer, right? Yes. And there's a lot of good medical effects from it, too, so. I advocate drinking some coffee. What would be your adult drink of choice? Hopefully there's some good medical effects for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, for the longest, love red wine. I, I laugh that I'm a cheap date. I think I have like one or two glasses and I'm more than good. Um, yeah. But I, I think red wine, there's just so many good uh, health effects from it. And so uh, that actually tonight I'm going on a date with my wife and I'm going to make sure we're going to get a bottle of wine with our steak dinner. <laughs> Great, yeah. Where are you going? Curious. We're going to Bob's in Grapevine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great place. Great place. Oh, yeah. That carrot is iconic, isn't it? The Bob's carrot. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Love that place. Good. Uh, would you say you're more of a morning person or a night person? You know, it's interesting. I think I morphed. Uh, I used to be more of a morning person, now more of a night person. Um, but I think what changed is I was working nights, weekends, holidays, working mainly so many nights that my schedule was out of whack. And so now I just love sleep. So if I can get more hours You're of sleep, up. I would do it. Yeah, I didn't realize how crazy I was just running on fumes and now i'm like man this is heaven like having a weekend off and not having to yeah. work all night long and it's just another life so like a new kid i'm like wow this is awesome you get to sleep monday through friday or all the time <laughs> <it's> amazing <laughs> that is nice yeah would you say you're introverted or extroverted 
you know, I feel like I'm an extrovert at heart. I, it's funny, I'm, I'm somewhat shy, but with that said, I've done over 100 live interviews for Univision, Telemundo, NBC, I've been medical correspondent, so I think I've pushed myself to be more and more of an extrovert now. Got it. Yeah, I think my wife will describe me as an extroverted introvert. And I think that's exactly how I am. <laughs> kind of depends on the moment, I guess. Um, last question here, and then you're off the hot seat of the lightning round. What do you look forward to the most each weekend? You know, to me, uh, it's all about family. So I love just having time with family, making memories. I, I'm glad, I'm blessed to have a seven-year-old now that we go to the soccer field and just kick the ball. Or the new thing we've been doing is we go on bike rides on the weekends, which I love because um, it's yeah. just family oriented. All three of us jump on there and I have older kids. They, they are unfortunately not around every weekend, but when they do come, I love having just time with them, doing activities, go bowling, go for walks. Um, so that's, that's my weekend. Great. How often do you ask them if they've read your book yet or not? You know, I try not to ask them. I don't want them feeling bad. Uh, the other part of it, too, is I feel like they have school, so I would feel horrible if they say, oh, I read your book, but I didn't read this for my class or this or that. So usually during winter breaks and summer breaks, I'm like, all right, right dude, it's time for you to read my book. So, but I figure the way I wrote it, I think it'll speak to them as little kids or speak to them as teenagers or college, and then I'd love for them to read it when they're in their 40s because I think they're going to look back and be like, man, it's got a different view now to me. So it's, it, I'm glad I left that for my kids. All right. I've, I'm pitching an idea for you here. Kids book, you know, a version, something, let's call it for like seven to nine year old, something like that. Yeah. No, I love That'd it. Be inspirational. It's, I, I can say this, it's probably easier for me to talk to your kids and you to talk to my kids. than for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, that is the I, truth. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, good. Well, Harvey, um, you're off the hot seat of the lightning round. Any any other thoughts or things you want to make sure you get out there uh, to our listeners before we close out? Yeah, um, two things. One, if you need any help, feel free to contact me. Uh, my goal is just to help, um, even if it's just the one question, even if it's just something you think may be silly. I, I honestly don't mind. So I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out. The second, more importantly, is we all have dreams. The difference from having a dream to actually having a product is executing that dream. So look at life like a ladder. Look at it as you don't have to get there next day or in a week or in a year. But if it takes you 10 years, it's okay. Just follow your dream and get to that point. But just make sure you're trending that direction. And that's that's my final thought. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Man, that's going to be a quote that we're pushing out on social media. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's no, really good. good, Harvey. Thank you so much for imparting that that wisdom with us and and sharing your story here with our guests today. Thank you so much for for making the time and coming on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you to our listeners. That's a wrap on our latest Dallas Space Innovator Show. I'm Andrew Louder signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again, and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.